I encourage everyone to take a moment and breathe and take a tea cheers with a Jiri tea. A Jiri tea recognizes the beauty in shared stories and shared opportunities. Ajiri sources award-winning tea from Kenya, employs women in the region to handcraft the labels, and sends 100% of the profits back to the region to support orphan education. Save 10% on your order of Kenyan teas and coffee with the code BEAUTIFULLYHUMAN at ajiritea.com. A-J-I-R-I-T.com. Tea mugs up! Hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Human Podcast. I'm Nick Sheesby. In this podcast, I speak with beautiful humans from all around the world, sharing with you their incredible stories, revealing the power in every human story to spread love and humanity to a world that is in desperate need of it, to show that we can all connect in beautiful ways, no matter where we come from or what we look like. What you will find out is that we are all beautifully human. Let's all be beautifully human. Hello and welcome to the Beautifully Human podcast. Thanks for tuning in from wherever in the world that you are listening. Today I am hanging out with Austin Halls and we start talking about Mobius syndrome and the challenges that Austin faces with that and just the beauty that he's putting back into the world and the strength that he has learned through this disability and um yeah i'll I'll let him share the rest with you uh his story of strength and power and beauty and just such an awesome person uh if you enjoy this podcast follow along on instagram at the beautifully human podcast rate review and subscribe on spotify and itunes it helps us get these stories out to so many more people and as always enjoy this beautiful conversation all right, so I'd love to start these off with a very broad and open-ended question and let you take it and run with it wherever it may go, Austin. And I'll just say, tell me the story of your life. Oh, wow. That is a very, very broad statement. Yep. Well, it all started in 1998. Uh, no, but um, I would say um, a lot of my life is definitely in regards to being disabled. And um, I definitely feel like a lot of my purpose in my life is to uh, advocate people about disability education and disability awareness. Also, I should probably introduce myself. People are probably like, who, who is this man? It was Austin. <laughs> um, my name is Austin Halls. I'm currently 24 and I am a disability advocate. I am a life coach slash therapist slash musician slash everything else. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I was born with a really rare syndrome called Mobius syndrome. And it is where the sixth and seventh cranial nerves are actually underdeveloped during birth. So I was born with facial paralysis and the inability to move my eyes left or right. Um, 
just like other disabilities and syndromes, it's a spectrum. Um, so I have a very mild case. There's other people that I've met with Mobius syndrome who have um, limbs missing, hands, legs. Some people um, cannot eat normally. They have to eat with a feeding tube. And I actually did uh, I was born with the inability to eat, and the doctor said that I would never be able to eat normally, and I had to have a feeding tube, but at the age of three, I actually proved the doctors wrong. So there is a, a huge spectrum to being disabled, and I think my purpose in life is to educate people on what it's like to be disabled, what it's like to be different, and the uniqueness and power that comes with being different and unique and special and how we can love ourselves in so many ways in spite of society telling us that we have to be a certain way. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, my first question, and then we'll dive dive into some other stuff too. What changed at the age of three, if you remember? Like, what what was the the thing that switched that was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna like when you proved the doctors wrong. Yeah, so I think a huge part of my journey and my my power and growth and confidence comes from my mom, and at that time, my mom and even the doctors, because it was you know about twenty years ago, they didn't know too much about the syndrome. Um, Mobius syndrome is really rare. It's actually two people out of a million. So I always like to say I'm two in a million, which is a really <laughs> bold statement. But um, I, I think my mom knew that when I had the feeding tube, um, I wanted to eat. So my mom actually would waste like so much baby food just being able to give me one spoonful of food uh, in my mouth. And I think that kind of started my journey of, you know, we proved the doctors wrong and also proving people wrong on what people say I can and can't do. And in terms of being disabled or not, I think that's a huge message on a broader scale of life. You know, I think we tell ourselves that we're not able to do something and we're able to prove not only ourselves, but other people wrong. So I think just adapting and changing and my mother knowing that I wanted to eat and she helped me do it. I love that. That's so cool. Um, and I have to imagine I, uh, just, just growing up, were you subject to just like bullies and stuff like that? I, I have to imagine like, because people are just cruel to other that they don't know Were were you subject to that when you were growing up as well? So I was actually very blessed. Um, I did. I grew up with the same 25, 26 people, kindergarten through sixth grade, and it's a very small hometown. So I actually was very um, fortunate in not being bullied in terms of my disability. You know, teasing was always something that came up. And in high school, I think I was bullied more for being, uh, you know, my, my sexual orientation versus um, having a disability. Um, but that is not the normal situation. And that's not the normal story that I hear through other people with Mobius syndrome. Um, actually severe bullying, it's very apparent when I talk 
do a lot of people with Mobius syndrome and people with disabilities uh, throughout. I think um, it definitely affects their kind of confidence. And a reason why I am so vocal about being confident and loving yourself is, um, so I'll go into another uh, story about uh, the conferences. And Mobius syndrome conferences are where every two years, um, the foundation, there's a foundation for the conference. It's really important. It's really educational. It provides a lot of resources for people at Mobius Syndrome. And they pick a hotel, whether it's East Coast, West Coast, they pick a hotel and everyone around the world with Mobius Syndromes that is able to do it goes to this one hotel. It's very, very powerful. I went to my first conference when I was 14 years old and that actually just was an eye opener and an awakening for me because I didn't know what it was like to be severely bullied and talking to other people. Um, even I know there was the first session that I went to, it was an all teens session. Mm. And I thought everyone was going to be so comfortable talking to people with Mobius syndrome, because if anyone's going to know what you go through, it's the people that, that live with Mobius syndrome. And I learned throughout that weekend that they were so bullied that they didn't even feel accepted and heard even in a room full of people that understand exactly what they go through so i think i learned a lot about how bullying affects people's just ability to speak out for themselves so i'm very grateful and blessed that i did not have severe bullying but severe bullying is very very apparent in the community yeah and I, just listening to your story it's really it's really beautiful too because you like you said knowing and having that familiarity with with people that you're interacting with and then seeing you you came in like yeah i get to meet these people and then seeing people going through the same the same thing and then not being able to talk about it even around people who are very familiar with it i love that you took that as like all right i have this power i need to speak out because you have that privilege that you didn't have that and i think that's that just says a lot about you and who you are that you weren't just like ha good i don't have to deal with that you do whatever you know not my problem but i, I think it's beautiful that you like took that as a powerful thing to to speak out and start talking about that i think that's really beautiful thank you i think it was more of like a I want to, and not enlighten, because I don't have more education than anyone else, but I definitely did have that privilege of feeling a lot of self-worth at a young age. And like I said, my mom, and every time I tell my story, my mom is very apparent in the story. Even though, you know, I'm 24, we bigger, we have different opinions now, but I'm very grateful for the the confidence that she instilled in me and how, you know, she taught me very young that like, if you want something, you're going to have to do it yourself because not everyone's going to help you. And not, you know, she knew that like when I'm 24 right now, I'm not going to be with my mom, you know, I'm going to be independent and I'm very grateful that she did that. So I, I did want to be this kind of beacon of light and this role model for other people. And, a big thing that I tell a lot of people is 
I never had anyone growing up with a disability and to look up to. I never had anyone in the media that I saw and felt seen and heard by. And just, you know, the past three years, four years, I'm finally seeing disability awareness, representation, education, and I want to be that. Like, I want to be that role model for these people and older, younger, disability, able, you know, like, I just want them to see that, like, if I'm able to make music professionally and just be on social media and love myself, that, like, maybe they'll feel more confident speaking up, just telling people, like, their boundaries, just being able to talk about their feelings. And it's really crazy. Um, a lot of younger people that have Mobius, um, I, I, I've heard them tell me that, like, they've been more vocal about their disability. And I think that alone is, like, the biggest, like, thing that I could ever, like, get from this. Like, people being able to be, like, yes, I am disabled. And I know even I didn't really use the word disabled, but, like, because there is a, this, uh, you know, there is a big... Oh, do I say the word disabled because there is a not able stereotype or like a negative stigma in that. But I, I do feel like we need to reclaim that word. And just like other minorities, we need to reclaim that word and make it our own and make sure that being disabled doesn't mean being less than or being not worthy. Um, I think we need to kind of reclaim that and be like, yes, I am disabled. Yes, I am living with a difference, but that doesn't make me different. It doesn't make me less than, and I am deserving of love just like anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have spoken to many people that that are in a roundabout way saying that or feeling that same way. and. I I think it's I think that's such a beautiful power is like yeah let's take back this word and make it not something that's like bad because I think I think people hear it and immediately yeah think less than think whatever stigma they've put on it and it's it's not that you know I I know some really brilliant people who are living with with their version of that and and they're kicking ass all over the place and they're doing some amazing shit and why shouldn't you you know it's like why why not like it's a word it happens there is difference but it doesn't mean like you said it doesn't mean less than and one thing that i kept getting from people that i've spoken to is like and i don't know if this happened to you and maybe maybe it has like more so in your adult life but i i i keep hearing these stories of people coming up and because you have a disability they like almost like dumb down their speak to you do you have that happen to you? Do you find that, that that comes into play? Oh my gosh, baby talk is the most annoying thing that is, is like, I call it baby talk because the way that, that like someone just looks different or is uh, not as able as you, like you just automatically assume that they're mentally challenged. Right. And even though I don't have bullying, like, it's almost kind of worse. I mean, we could talk about microaggressions. Like, that is a huge microaggression that is, like, so demeaning. It is so debilitating. And it is so, just so not okay. It's so messed up. I go to grocery stores. And I think when I was younger, I, I got it a little bit 
less now, but like even now I'll go to the store and someone will be like, oh my gosh, do you want help? Like, is someone helping you or like, what can I do? It's like that very like pointed microaggression that is almost a little bit more, you know, I think it's more uh, of a kind of sting in the personality and ego than someone overtly being, you know, ableist. And it's just sad that we think that like, just because, and it's a huge part of having a facial difference, you know, it's literally written all over my face that I'm disabled. So like, there's no way of hiding it, you know, at least with people with like a a invisible disability, they can kind of mask it a little bit. But like, when I go get coffee, you know, I'm I'm constantly being uh, berated and demeaned for looking different. And that's just society, you know, I don't take it personally because I know it's a societal thing, but it, I that's the thing that I want to talk about is like how crazy it is that we don't talk about being disabled and the emotional kind of like deficits that come with it because we're not really seeing that. We're, we're seeing, you know, other minorities rise up to the media and it's so cool that they are being seen and heard, but I have not seen a, a movement through the disability movement. And I think we need to get more media. Um, there's this really amazing Netflix special called Special, actually. And it's about Ryan, um, this guy Ryan, who's gay and disabled. He has cerebral palsy. And this is the only Netflix original that is talking about a gay disabled person, about dating, about life, about like being independent and growing up. It's the only thing that I've ever seen in my 24 years of life that has made me feel seen and heard. And that's sad that there's only one thing that I know of that is literally representative of two communities that are so uh, related. So I just, it's yeah so baby talk is just really crazy it happens to me all the time and it just it like that term like disabled like why are we saying i'm sorry directly saying after i'm i'm disabled like oh you're disabled i'm so sorry why is that why is that the, the relation to it it doesn't work like that yeah i i mean i and in any life i just don't like people baby talking anyone i think it's just disgusting like i see two people as a couple doing it and i'm like this is weird Uh, if someone does it to me i'm like stop that shit now i don't want it but especially when i hear these stories i'm just like how fucking rude just from the get-go like you are so insulting just without even knowing that person, like they look at you and they might as well just like put their middle finger up right in your face and like say, fuck you. Like, it's so ridiculous. I, I, every time I hear it, I'm just, yeah, I just can't even imagine. I would, I I hate it. I hate that it happens. Uh, And you're right. I, I was trying to think as you were telling your story, I was like, man, I, I, I wish I knew one to be like, oh, I know this one too, but I, I don't either, you know? And it's it's crazy that there's not representation for that. And I, I fully stand with you that we need to start a movement, all of us, to just make it like, let's not let this happen anymore because it can't. Because 
humans shouldn't treat other humans that way like on all scales you know but like especially like that that is just so demeaning i just can't even like fathom the thought process that someone like you walk up to them and they're like oh uh, can can i help do you need help it's like <laughs> do you need and help i'm like yeah like i'm like i literally have and like it's you know not saying that like if you have your degree that you're better than someone that's not what i'm saying but i'm like i literally got i went to college i went to get my degree in psychology like i literally went to school for better education like you think I'm like, and you're treating me like I'm a child. Like right. the the correlation does not exist. And I I, I am very interested. Um, I want to learn more about disability psychology, which is a new level of a new um, kind of wave of psychology that no one really has studied because, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about. But in the 1980s, we were still thinking um, mental illness like being disabled is a mental illness. And we were kind of put in mental hospitals because if we, even, you know, mental illness, and that's a whole nother conversation, but like, you know, if you were mentally ill or disabled, you were put into a mental hospital. There was no, let's try to figure it out. Let's try to work through this. You know, you're still a human being. It was no, let me lock you up in a, 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 a cell. And I think we're finally, finally in this new era of you know you guys are people and we are playing a role in how you feel and i really there's a a person that i look up to a lot and they also have mobius syndrome um their name is kathleen bogart and they are a disability psychologist and they teach at um i think oregon state university and they are so trailblazing. They're doing actual like studies about facial expressions. And another thing we don't really talk about is how important and impactful facial expressions are and how communication is 60% nonverbal. So she does a lot of studies about how, you know, if you don't have facial expression, how are you communicating? And how does that affect communication? Very interesting stuff. Wow. And as you're saying that, like my thought process went to like facial expressions, but also like thinking back through like the pandemic and when we all covered our faces and it was, it was strange, but I could always tell when people were smiling even under that. So it was, it was like a funny, correlation to like the last couple years of like when you just don't see someone's full face you're seeing you're seeing eyes and then you can still kind of see you know but yeah wow what a what a cool study and thankfully that someone's like yeah let's check this out and like let's dig deeper and go into this because yeah i mean you i i can tell i know i don't hide it well and you know like i can tell when people are i'm talking to someone and they're very uninterested or very like you know, most people just wear it right on their face. So that's such a cool and interesting study that she's, they are, they're jumping into. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that about the pandemic, because there was a lot of conversation in the community about like, do you guys like wearing a mask? I mean, for me, especially, it was like, it was kind of like, no one could see that I was disabled because my facial expressions is, you know, mostly under, you know, under my nose. So like, 
for a lot of people, they were like, I feel normal now. It was a crazy thing. It was like, I feel normal now because no one can see my disability. So like they were saying that a lot of people got treated better because they had a mask on and they didn't know that they were disabled. It was like this crazy thing. And I, I mean, I could definitely relate to that because you know, like, I just felt like it was a very safety blanket under, you know, I go out in public, I don't have to talk about my disability. I am literally the first one to talk about disability rights and stuff. But when I'm getting coffee, I don't, hey, and you talk about your disability and trauma, it's like, I don't want to have to, like, I just want coffee. I just want my Starbucks. Like, I don't want to talk about my trauma and what yeah. it's like to be disabled, you know. So it definitely helped a lot and it is crazy I feel like I have um you know I joke I joke about it I have a permanent resting bitch face because literally like if you don't know me you're I get it all the time in school and uh, like all that oh you should smile more oh my gosh like you have such a bubbly energetic personality but like you don't smile at all like why don't you smile uh school photos oh my gosh when I was taking school photos uh, it was so embarrassing because they're like smile and I'm like I literally cannot uh every year it was something new so it definitely is like I think about it all the time when I'm meeting someone else and they don't know that I have facial paralysis like they're probably like he's such a bitch like he is such a nasty human being like he is not interacting at all he does not smile and um you know what they've learned through studies and, you know, just having this disability, like facial expressions is such a huge thing. So I amp up everything else. Like you can tell my tone of voice is very mm-hmm. um, emphatic. My, I'm Italian, so I talk with my hands all the time. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, body language, I feel like has to be hyped up because you're not gonna know if I just talk like monotone and if I don't move my hands or my body, I'm not going to get what I need to get out and you're not going to understand how I'm feeling. Sure. And privilege is such a big word and such a hot topic for so many people, but you're making me think that, I mean, just the fact of smiling is a privilege. And I like, that's not something I ever think about because it's not something I've ever had to. And I mean, just, just you like, meeting you and like knowing you the little that I do like I I never would have thought that you weren't so excited and just having an amazing time for any other reason because you are so bubbly and whatever but yeah I I hadn't thought about just how much your face speaks and if people are just looking at you and they're like what is this bitch doing yeah, <laughs> I I had to. Li- I literally had to. Um, I always tell people, I'm like, you better smile and you better like enjoy your smile because like I literally um, uh, in a big part of my stories, I had to have four surgeries just to be able to smile, and they were long, treacherous journeys to get there. Um, not to get too into details of surgery, as I know people are. Oh, even I get like, oh. Don't yeah. talk about it. But <laughs> I literally took it was it's actually insane that they actually found out that this works. Um, but they take a muscle from your inner thigh that we don't use called the gracilis muscle. And they actually um 
and they put it into your bite nerves. So when you bite down, you'll be able to smile. And um, a really uh, huge topic in the Mobius Foundation and the community is, should I get this surgery for the parents? Should I give this surgery to my child young so that they can adapt well in life? and smile and um you know just have that smile very young or do i wait for my child to get choose the surgery themselves because um they the parents are very cautious about doing something for a child and making them feel like they're not good enough and that they need to have the surgery to be liked and loved and appreciated um so for me my parents waited until I was old enough to make my own, my own decision. And they didn't ever want to feel like they were changing who I was fundamentally. Um, so I was 10 years old when I chose to get the smile surgery. Um, I don't think I understood how, how much of a process that would be. But for me, it was like, I knew that I was a happy person and I knew that I had the smile on the inside. So I wanted to show people, you know, walking walking past someone in the street, I wanted to smile at them and know that I was a kind and respected, not respected, but you know, a warming person. Yeah. So um, the it took me four surgeries to do it. Um, the one side didn't take um, they that they actually thought it was going to be a blood clot, so there was a lot of implications with the surgery. And then uh, a year later, the muscle still did not take. They tried to go in again and reconnect everything. So I had to have two more other types of surgeries. Um, I waited like seven years after that, as I was just like eleven years old, trying to live life as a kid, and. It was really crazy, but I um I had to I really had to battle to be able to smile. So I definitely am very one to say like you really don't appreciate what you have. Even me being disabled, like I think about how I am able to walk, I'm able to use my hands, I'm able to live such a privileged life, even being disabled. Mm-hmm. And that is a crazy thing too that they talk about in uh, the movie, in the Netflix original special. They talk about how he has cerebral palsy, so he can, he can, he can move his limbs, but he has to limp. And he can't, his body is not as flexible as we are uh, normally. So I think he talks about um, how privileged he is and he feels like he's not in, any community like he's too able to be disabled Hmm. and he's too disabled to be able and i never even had conversations like this because i've never even thought about that but i've always felt that way you know i can't show facial expressions but i can move my body i'm not in a wheelchair so i felt like am i too able to be disabled but then also i literally can't show facial expression so uh am i too disabled to be able and that's a whole another conversation that's yeah. another few day conversation but just these conversations alone we don't have and we don't have anyone talking about it in the media so right. i definitely think that it is so important to be grateful and mindful and a really cool thing that I'm trying to get into is positive psychology and another new era of psychology that talks about, you know, mindfulness, being gra- like grateful and showing gratitude and how 
your thoughts really change how you think and uh, how you feel and how you act. So really cool stuff. That's so amazing. I love that. Um, yeah, I think that is, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that whole, that goes, my thought went to happiness is a choice, you know, and it, like you said, I'm sure anybody in their version of life can feel that they're stuck in some sort of middle ground where they don't fit into this. They don't fit into that. And especially with like media and culture and social media and just all these bubbles that you can fit into. But, um, I don't know. That is, that is such an interesting topic too, that, you know, yeah. Cause I, I work with, uh, with a guy that, um, he has spinal muscular atrophy. And so I, I work in that community. I run his social media. And so like that has been an abundance of me just being like, man, the fact that I can do this and move my hands or get up and walk and all of that is such a privilege that so many people don't have. And now that I'm sitting here smiling and talking, I'm now I'm going to think of that every time. And I think that's the beautiful thing about awareness and like, this word privilege isn't isn't such a negative thing that's a lot of people take it as it's just truly what it is is like all these little things are privileges that we do have and use them don't don't abuse them either just just take what you have and use it for good things like you're doing you know you're doing so much good to advocate for for people out there and i think again as like i said before it's just really amazing how you've taken the card you were dealt in life and just like turned it into such a beautiful, impactful story. Yeah. I think that like, I'm always like going to be that way. in like the terms of like, you know, I could be, I could be literally crying in my bed like every day and debilitating myself with my own thoughts and beliefs saying, that I'm not good enough, I'm disabled, no one will love me for who I am. Or you can take those cards and use it to your benefit. And I I definitely am very grateful that, you know, I, I think something that really has motivated me through all of this is music. And um, I just love to sing and I love to share my music. So if I didn't post uh, on social media, I wouldn't have been able to record professionally when I was 15. And I think like that is such a huge thing, you know, like just putting, I really do believe that like you put the energy you want out there. And if you believe that you are unworthy, undeserving and unlovable, and you don't deserve anything in life, then you're gonna get that. People are gonna treat you in that way. Mm -hmm. and. Um, a really cool type of therapy that I really, really fuck with is CBT. It's um, basically saying that your thoughts change how you feel and you feel how, how you feel changes how you act. So mm. if you think that you're unlovable, you're going to wait, let me, let me actually get this right. If you think <laughs> that you are unlovable and you are going to feel like you're unlovable, ultimately acting in a way that is going to make people treat you like you're unlovable so i really do believe you have to really fund foundationally change how you think and i really think how you 
think oh my gosh it's like they, it's, it's like say thank you one more time but it really is like if you think positive thoughts you put that energy out into the world and you will get it back you know I really think that I am a good musician I think that my voice is meant to be heard and with that I've had really cool opportunities to record professionally I found my own little studio in New Jersey that I love and you just find people that fit your vibe and you know of course you're gonna have people that teach you lessons and are gonna treat you poorly but ultimately I think everything is a test um I'm not very religious but I definitely believe in like a higher power and I believe that everything happens for a reason and I just think you get to change how your journey goes and I could be miserable I could be sitting at my house with my cards being like I'm not good enough or mm-hmm. you take those cards and you go into the studio and pour your heart out into music and you get seen and heard as a strong disability advocate and I, I think anyone could do it it's it's really nothing crazy like it's really like what I'm doing is what anyone could do but it takes a lot of passion it takes a lot of you know self-belief you have to believe that you're able to do it yeah yeah and I I love that 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 anybody can do it it is it's just believing in yourself and I I fully believe that what you put out there and I I do this to so many people when when they like if I give them a compliment and they're like no I don't think so and I'm like stop doing that shit to yourself even if you're joking, you at some point are going to start believing that shit that you keep saying and pushing off and like, don't do that. You are what you have. You are your fan base to begin with. And if you don't have you as a fan base, then you're fucked. Like, where are you going to go from there? If you can't even take the steps to say, I am badass and I'm enough and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to do this. I have this passion. I have this voice, be it singing dancing writing whatever creative anything that you do to put yourself out there if you don't believe it and you don't put positivity and thoughts into your brain that say that i am good enough with every card that i've been dealt then where are you gonna like how are you gonna go anywhere past that and when you put that out to yourself you're gonna get that back like you said you're the the more you put that out people are going to get tired of that like it's tiring when you hear someone just like speaking shit about themselves and it's kind of like well i don't want to not spend time with you but like i don't want to hear you speak poorly of yourself all the time it gets tiring and i i would think as someone doing that to themselves i would be like damn i need to like (laughs) i would i think i would get tired of speaking ill about myself um all right so in that on your music when did you start singing what was uh like what were your inspirations what what type of music do you do so i always sang uh, my mom always was like you woke up singing and you fell asleep singing um my mom had a vcr tip of me singing um all stars by smash mouth iconic iconic <laughs> iconic. <laughs> iconic um but i always loved to sing and i think like having facial expressions be taken away from you and, um, you know, not being able to 
communicate effectively I always was like music is literally the way to go like if I didn't know how to tell someone that like I'm having a rough day like you will listen to a song and you will know exactly how that song is trying to make you feel you feel it instantly without even trying to feel it so I think I was so drawn to music because it was such a effective way to like express how I feel and just kind of relate to how I feel so I always sang I always was like into music but um I started playing the drums in fourth grade which is really freaking cool I love the drums and I was in marching band I was in the drum line all in my high school and then in those uh I think high school around like eight nine years ago I picked up um I picked up guitar, I picked up piano throughout, I don't know when I started, I just was like, you know what, let me try this, let me try this, Um, but I I love piano, I love guitar, I just got a ukulele a couple years ago, and I think it's so powerful writing your own music, Um, I started writing my own music when I was 15, and it all started because I posted um, just covers on YouTube and Facebook, and a family with a son with Mobius syndrome, he was like really young, he was just a baby at that age, they found me in Nashville, and they're like, we want to fly you to Nashville, we want you to come to Nashville, and we know Gavin DeGraw's brother's producer, and who's worked with Gavin and Joey DeGraw, and we want him to help you, you know, record professionally and see what it's like to be a recording artist. And at that time, they're like, you can write a song if you want, if you want to do covers, like, let me know, like, whatever. And um, this producer was so cool. His name is Don. Shout out to Don. You are literally the reason that I love music and love recording. Um, I was able to do three days in the studio, 15 years old. Like I did not know who I was. I did not know what I wanted to be, who I was thinking of, but you know, just had empty vibes at that age. Um, <laughs> but I wrote this cheesy, cheesy ass song. Um, it was all about, you know, loving yourself, but like it, in such a cheesy way. Like I look back at that song and I was like, it's so cheesy. People probably like it, but I, it's like literally the epitome of like, yeah, you can do it, keep on going, (laughs) like, you know, as a songwriter, I'm just, you know, but um, it was such a powerful, like, experience, and being in that studio, and having people hear your songs on Spotify, on iTunes, like, that is the craziest thing, I will never get over how you can talk to Alexa, and be like, Alexa, play Austin Halls, and my shit will come up, like, that is amazing, so that is, um, you know, I just love it, so I started doing songwriting, and I thought I really had to be, like, you're only going to talk about, like, inspirational shit, like, you're only going to be the person who's for inspiration, and when I got home, I realized that, like, you know, as we are, it's it's a stupid realization, but like my music doesn't have to be about one thing, you know, we're so right. multi-dimensional that like, you know, I started singing about heartbreak and love and, you know, just about really different stuff. I would say my music is very, very versatile when it comes to styles and genres and, uh, you know, messages. Um, so I really 
um so grateful to have a studio back home in New Jersey and just keep on recording, you know, new stuff. I came out with um a two song little EP uh I think two months ago. And awesome. um it's just I really, really love it. I love music. I love performing. I'm such a performer. I there's nothing there's nothing like going on stage and like getting that rush of dopamine and having people like sing back your songs or just like knowing that you exist. It's just really, really cool. So I, I just love it. Yeah. Um, as a person who does not have musical talent, I, I always make the joke of my musical talent is looking like I should play music. And I can't say I don't have musical talent. I just haven't explored it yet. So we'll go there because I don't want to be that person speaking shit about myself. Yeah. I just haven't tapped into it yet so maybe <laughs> but i am a massive music lover music changed and shaped my life and i've been in the music industry for a very long time now and it's amazing and i just can't imagine going on stage and just i mean i've been in so many crowds where people are just like bolting out the lyrics and i've been one of those person bolting out those lyrics and i'm like fuck that's gotta be so cool these are my words. These are my feelings. This is my grit. This is my shit. And everybody's singing it. And what a beautiful universal language that you can go all over the world. And some people can't even speak the language that you're singing in, but they know your words, which is so incredibly powerful. And I, I use this as my form of art. This is the first thing I've ever put out by myself uh, and used my voice with, and you know, in the form of a podcast. And I get little stats of like where it's gone and where my conversations have been heard. And it's like, God damn, this is cool. I mean, that's, that's so empowering. It's so neat. And the fact that like I get to share this and it's not even my words, it's just my thoughts on someone's life and power and story. And that's so cool too, is like to show people that you can either be a complete stranger, meet someone once, know someone your whole life, and you can always find out new things. You can learn things about people and share that and then try to help with these stigmas. Try to just show that we're human no matter what, no matter where you come from. And we all have talents, we all have passions, we all have all of this, and it's so beautiful to share that with people. And the fact that you get to go up on stage and just feel that all wrapped up in a song is gorgeous it is really really crazy to um it, it's also wild that you never know how your songs truly affect someone else like i will literally just i i i think a lot of musicians that i talk to do this as well they just have a feeling they have a thought they have something inside of them they get in the studio they release it and then i kind of throw it out like once it's released i throw it out into the world and i'm like well i hope you like it like i hope this is good and like i don't feel it until i'm on stage like pouring my heart out like i love i'm I'm a positive person, but I'm a sad boy at heart. Like, if you heard my music and did not know, like, what I, like, you know, they'd be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, some of this stuff is so, like, powerful. And I just, I love putting my heart out on the stage. And I love just making people feel differently and feel impactful. But, like, I, I will never know how my songs truly affect people. Just like, you know, you feel like this is like the first thing you're doing and it's crazy that you're touching 
so many lives. But like truly, like I really love what you said. It's a universal language. And I think that like I really love and thought about music so much is because you don't have to communicate one way. This is such a powerful way of doing it. And just like audio, video, like I just feel like art is so underrated. It is so something that we need in life. And I just am very privileged, you know, privileged just to be able to go into a studio and have the power to write my own stuff. And I'm just very excited. I have um, a new direction of where I want my music to go to, which is exciting because I always felt like I, one year I was like, you know, I want to do this and I I love it, but I want to grow, grow, grow. So like, I really feel like I'm getting into like a pop era, like electronic pop era. And I'm like, this is like my Trois Savant era. Like I'm ready to just be a pop like superstar. And I just like, I really want to be like, I want to be on the top 10 charts being a disabled person, a disabled musician. Like, I don't know any musicians who are, you know, outwardly talking about being disabled. And I think it would be so cool to be on stage, traveling the world, being, you know, that, like, that disabled awareness and representation that we don't have. So I'm just excited. I'm really, I'm really excited for my music, you know, I'm excited for where my the new albums that are coming hopefully soon. Like I just I'm really excited to just travel the world. That's my dream, just to travel the world and talk about how it's like to be disabled, about loving yourself, you know. I think it's so it's universal. Music and also loving yourself is universal. You yes. we all have insecurities. You don't have yes. to be disabled to be insecure or feel like you're less than. And I think what my message is is a hug to other people that you can love yourself and do whatever you want to do, no matter what adversities you go through. You can love yourself and be yourself. And you know, it, it's hard, you know, I, I try to practice what I teach all the time, but we have our days. We have days where, you know, waking up is like a fucking struggle, you know, going outside. You know, I'm actually, um, I was in a relationship for four years and being single and putting yourself out there in the dating world, just, you know, I could talk about being different and dating differently. That is, that is a whole nother conversation. So, you know, it is hard. It's, it's not easy. It's a struggle. It, It takes time, but I think um, just if you feel it and believe it and think it, I think you can really do it. Yeah. And actually, I was going to touch on that um, just because I know like confidence in dating and just this world, especially, you know, wherever we are with the pandemic and it, it, you know, going away and like getting less, lesser and lesser, which is nice. But like, also the comfortability of just being in the world after what we all went through and just finding comfortabilities. But also, like you said, like, so, so what has your dating experience been? And also couple that just kind of with, with a story of like coming out too, because that's, that's always not an easy topic as well. 
Yeah, so I think it's so interesting um, being gay and disabled because the world said you're going to be disabled and then you're also going to be gay. And you're going to live, uh, you're going to live both intersection, you know, of like being gay and disabled. And I, I mean, I love it. I would never change my sexual orientation. I think just the gay life is so cool and different and weird and like, just, you know, like, it's a, it's a whole different community that I feel very connected to, and I'm very grateful and blessed to feel that. Um, but, like, I mean, it just is not easy being disabled. So then when I realized in high school that I was thinking about boys and how I don't want to date girls anymore, I did come out and... Um, Oh gosh, my coming out story to my family was very interesting. Um, it took a lot of adjusting, um, but I think being in the dating world of just, I think gay dating is like literally like hard enough to, because there's so many stigmas on like what you have to be like, how you have to be like, how you have to look like. I think per, uh, personality is not something that is like, the front forefront for dating for gay dating you want to be hot you want to be skinny you want to be tan tone fresh like you want to be like just looking at your best all, all the time and it's really hard to feel that just in general um i'm very grateful to be a very skinny um but even being skinny like that, that comes with you know like just there's so many pressures without being disabled and how you have to look in the dating scene and then you add having a facial difference on top of that it's it's very very interesting and um there's conversations in the community about like you know do you tell someone that you're disabled do you tell someone that you have a facial difference before you meet them uh in terms of jobs too like we talk about do you tell your employer that you're disabled do you just go on with them guessing that you just have a disability or a facial difference like do do you tell them do they ask you like there's right. so many uh you know it, there is a vagueness to that um and I used to not tell people uh when I would go on dates with them I would tell them maybe on the date or just like in time when it's like asked about but now um you know I I've been in two big relationships. Um, I've had, you know, casual things, but I've had two big real relationships. One was when I was in high school, going into college, um, and that was a year and a half, two years. And then I just literally just got out of a relationship in June, and I was with them for four years, and I was actually living with them. We got an apartment together for two years. And... It is very interesting how um, you can get very worked up about, like, you know, they're not going to like me, they're not going to accept me, like, I'm disabled, like, just the idea of dating a disabled guy, like, that can get you, like, in your head about things, but I know that, like, the wisdom and the personality and the the sharingness of love that I have for someone is going to outweigh uh, someone's disability you know like and if they don't like me for my disability then they don't like who I am and if they right. can't pass it, it's definitely a um 
a test of if they're worthy or not. Like, if you can't get past my social difference, then you're not going to accept who I am. And I already didn't have to waste time because you, it it is a very early test early on. Um, I think it's very capable and possible to date having a disability, but I think there is a lot of stigmas that go with it. And there's a lot of, um, you know, self-doubt, even having confidence. There's a self-doubt that you believe yourself. But I, I think it's it's a very interesting conversation, just at the least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't. Like I said, I mean, just dating in general is, is a nightmare, let alone, like, all the other things that come into play outside or inside of that. Um, I do want to say when you get to be a pop star uh, i'd like to throw my resume in to be your merch merch human that'd be awesome i would love to to travel the world with you and it was also a really good segue i'm glad we we touched on the dating thing but it's a really good segue to one of my questions that i ask everybody uh which is if i came to you and i said austin i have a plane ticket to anywhere in the world where would you go Oh, that's so hard. Oh my gosh, I want to go everywhere. Like, I literally want to go everywhere. Okay, so I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to my mind, even though this is not a right or wrong answer. Also, I want to literally go everywhere. So this is the first stop for the many of the stops that I will go. Um, I really enjoyed um, the Dominican Republic when I went there a couple of years ago. So I just think about the winter time and how it's going to get really cold and really snowy and really dark really soon. Mm-hmm. So I want to go to the DR. I want to go back to Punta Cana and I want to enjoy the beach. I want to enjoy um, just the warm energy and the good vibes that are in the DR. Um, if I had to, a second option, I would go to Jamaica because when I went to Jamaica, it was one of the most beautiful experiences and I just loved like talking to the people and they were just so grateful and they they were not as privileged as we are and they're just so happy just being existing living um the beaches are incredible the weather's incredible so I think actually I would go to do that I'm gonna change my answer to final answer to make um, okay. Just for the good vibes, for the good yeah. energy. Um, I just love their just mindfulness and gratitude towards life. Yeah. And I mean, in my perfect scenario, if I was able to do that, I'd be like, well, you're going to go to both. And then I'll send you everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Oprah moment. Like, yep, you get a yep. ticket, you get a ticket, you get a, you ticket. Get a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said, like, if I won the lottery and I had all kinds of money, I would just like, I'd hit you up and I'd be like, Austin, where do you want to go? bring 10 friends, I'm going to meet you there. And then it would be really cool to travel the world in someone else's shoes, right? Because it would take me to places that I didn't necessarily want to go. And it'd be really beautiful. It'd be like, well, you wanted to come here, so let's go and let's check it out. And I'll see and why you wanted to. And I'm sure you probably uh, answer this question every time through your podcast. But where would you go? Because I want to know where you would go. Um, It changes all the time, and I've been in a very fortunate and privileged position to travel a ton, and when I'm not traveling for work, I travel as well, just because I love doing it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think um, through this podcast, I've met a couple people who um, who went through the R- Rwandan genocide, which is just I, I I learned a lot about it talking to them and just like the massive amount of like forgiveness and beauty they put back into the world and just the joy that they have. Um, they both were like, the next time we go to Rwanda, you, we would love for you to come with, uh, I met a man on this from Kenya, who was one of the most beautiful souls I've met. And I always talk about my friend, Stuart. I met him, I was working on a cruise ship and he was uh, working for a Norwegian cruise line. And I just like saw him from across the room. And I was just like the joy that I saw coming off of this human. I was like, I need to know that person. We've become super close friends. And um, he's from Zimbabwe. So I would love to go to Africa with my friends that I've met from there and just let them give me an African experience that is theirs and you know, not nothing touristy. I just want to go with some people who can show me the real shit. And so I, I think it's hard to top that until I do that. But I mean, there's many, many, many places I want to go everywhere in the world. There's not one place I don't want to visit. But if that was the scenario, I would be like, cool, you got to buy a few tickets because I got to get all my friends to go and we're going to go there. So that that's my answer. Well, that's an incredible answer. That is a good answer. I would love to also do that. Just like, yeah. Turn my phone off, throw off all technology, and just yep. live yep. for like a month, just like how they live and right. what they do every day. Like, don't do anything differently. Just do like the real shit. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just I, I like experiences. No matter where I travel, I like I like to get in. I just I like to be there and just enjoy and and meet the people. And I mean. It goes back to what I was saying just about music and travel goes in with that and just like getting outside of your comfort zone, going to a different country where there's a language barrier, maybe maybe bigger or smaller, and just seeing how other people live and getting different different viewpoints. And it, it's really amazing. It's really empowering. It's just really gorgeous to see like how how similar things are, even if it's very, very different. And, you know, again, that that's my big message is just like, get over yourself, where you're from, get out, see the world. It's beautiful. There's so many amazing humans. That's why I call it the Beautifully Human podcast, because we're all beautifully human, no matter who the fuck we are. And, and I get I, how we talk to people, how we learn so much from people is yeah. the biggest thing, like how you really can think you know things until you talk to other people and they right. like teach you so many cool things totally i mean i learned so much in our conversation so far and you know we we met for 15 minutes before and now we've had an hour conversation and i learned so much already and it's it's really really empowering i i always leave these conversations just feeling super good and i just want to like take all this energy and like change shit out there you know and it's it's beautiful and i i think if we all could do more of this, just truly connect and and look past any differences, no matter where we're from, what we look like, abilities, colors, genders, all of it, just be like, we're human and let's accept each other for that and let's move forward and be nice and kind and pump each other up, love ourselves, love each other, you know, and and people think that's hippie shit, but I just think that's true. (laughs) It's real true shit, you know? It is. And thank you for giving people the platform to talk about it. And it's it's such a really powerful thing. And I think 
you do instill like mindfulness and just a lot of like humbling it's humbling to other people because they're going to hear this this story and feel inspired to you know treat other people kindly and I think that's a really it's such an easy thing to say like oh we learned it in elementary school like treat people with kindness but like we could do everyone even I could be kinder to people it's it's a it's a you have to tell yourself that every hour every 30 minutes basically like you know put your ego aside put your frustration aside and just I just I think it's so easy to just be kind than be negative and mean like I feel like for me it's like if I treat someone bad, badly, I feel more bad. Like, I'm totally. like, it literally like takes more energy to, you know, be mean and to put people down. Then, you know, you don't understand how complimenting someone literally just makes someone's day instantly boost. Like, that would be the highlight of their day. And totally. you just said one sentence. I like your vibe. I like your hair. I like your energy. I like your outfit. Like that alone makes someone's day completely change. Totally. And I mean, in in a world that that I'm in with with Trixie and Katya, it just it is like I tell everyone that comes in to work with me that at the merch stand and like we get to interact with all these beautiful people and it is so complimentary. It's wildly different than going out wherever you are in the world wildly different like i can't tell you even last night in boston i had four people come up at least four people more than that because i like to compliment people I, I just love people's style i love to see their individuality individual individuality wow that word <laughs> but there were like four times that as i was complimenting them they were complimenting me and then we both had to laugh and i was like wouldn't it be so much nicer if we did that we all just started saying something nice and like genuinely saying that and like you said it I, I i say that so many times like it takes so much more to hate and it takes energy because you i have to look at you and be like okay austin what is it that i don't like then i have to put more energy after i figure out what i don't like about you to actively put that into use and why the fuck would i waste my time with that i don't believe in wasting time but that is a waste of time that is such a waste of time it is a waste of time. It literally makes no sense. And I agree, like, we just need to be so much nicer to people. We need to be just mindfulness in general. I think in society, even I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what do I need to do next? Like, what's the next thing that I'm doing? And I have to tell myself, like, boy, chill, like, chill out. Like, literally just appreciate the moment, appreciate the time, appreciate the people that you have and the good energy. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an active thing. You have to do it every day. Yes. All right. It's kind of a good segue to to my last two questions for you that I love to ask everybody, and I think they're fun, powerful questions in and of themselves. Um, the first one is, what would you want the world to know about you? Oh, oh. Well, I just basically just dumped my whole life into this podcast. So a lot of what I want people to know is basically what I uh, just said. But I think what I want people to know about me is that I just want people to respect um, people's arts and respect people's, you know, just 
their message. My, like I want people to be able to hear people's stories without judgment or without like thinking a preconceived notion. Um, I don't know, just feeling like I'm, if anyone was to be able to talk to me, I would want them to take me seriously. I think that's a big thing that we don't have in the disabled community is like feelings of being actually heard and actively, you know, like respected. Um, even, you know, a huge part of, you know, how I dress is because I want people to take me seriously. Um, I would literally dress so preppy when I was in high school and uh, in college because I wanted people, you know, it is really true that you you dress the part that you want to be. And at that time, I just thought like, I didn't feel like people were respecting my intelligence. And so I would dress, you know, I wouldn't go crazy with like suit and tie, but like I would dress very professional, very like khakis, but in, uh, you know, the way that I like to dress. Um, I'm a little bit more casual and a little bit more like, not punky, but you know, pop starry, you know, in that way. But I think just, you know, I had to, and I always have to being disabled, you know, overexert my my worth uh, to other people because I didn't think, and I don't think that people will take me seriously. Um, so I think a big thing about me and about other people is that like, I just want people to see, be able to be actually seen and heard and not just okayed and, you know, problem solved instead of just yesing people to death. I think that's a really big thing. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. And I, you know, no matter, no matter who you are, I think being seen and being taken seriously is, is a massive part, but you know, especially like we've, we've talked about and touched on throughout this podcast, you know, with you, it's like, you deserve that. We all deserve that, but like, no one deserves to be talked down to for any, anything they do. You know, it's like, disrespect me as a human and let's move forward. And if we don't like each other, okay. We'll go our separate ways, but don't start off with me below you. We're we're here. We're all the same. Yeah, so, I agree. I it's agree. a beautiful message you're putting out there, and I'm I'm glad to to be a part of that. I'm glad we we've bumped into each other, and now now we get to create a friendship from here. Um, so the last question, or yeah, yeah, last question. Let's play this scenario. You're on your world tour. And you have this massive ass show in Jamaica, okay? You're you're on stage and you've just performed your ass off and you've poured your heart out. And there are, let's say, every single person in the world is in Jamaica watching you perform. What are you what's your message to them? What 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 would you say if you had the ear of everybody in the world? Oh, I would say life is short and I think that you need to just do it. Like whatever you want to do, whatever you are feeling and passionate about, just do it. Don't think about anything. Just don't think about, you know, uh, what ifs, you know, the, the, the potential. Don't think about that. Don't think about what people are gonna think about you. 
in that scenario, just do what you love because ultimately what you love will make you happy. And, you know, of course, a musician, being a musician, it could be financially this. And, oh, we could do that. You know, there's so many ifs and ands and buts. But I believe that I would rather spend my life doing something that makes me happy than doing something and conforming to a box that other people want me to be. And I did live my life in that way. I did just live throughout what other people wanted me to be, but I wasn't happy. And I think there was a switch up where I was like, you know what? I I can't be what everyone wants me to be. And I'm going to shift and, you know, it went from me being like, why was I born with this disability to I am born to stand out. You know, I didn't like to stand out my whole life, but I had that switch up in halfway through my life. Like, it's so cool to stand out. It's so cool to be different. I don't want to dress the way that people are dressing. I want to have my own unique. I want people to look at staple pieces and things and think about me when they feel a certain way and I just think that like I think people should just do what they love and be how they want to be and just be unforgettable and unforgivable about who they are because being yourself is so freaking cool it's so cool like it's no one the idea that no one is ever gonna replace who you are is the coolest fucking thing ever. So why not be 200% Austin? You know what yeah. I mean? Why not yes. be yes. that just ultimate form of yourself? Like, yeah. why not be that? Because no one else can do it and no one else can replace you. So just be yourself to the max. Yeah, man. Uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I cannot say yes enough for that message i i love it i the the biggest compliment i've given myself especially in this last year is that like little nick is looking in the mirror at my at me at this form and is like yes you are the truest form you've ever been look the way i wanted to look and it's it's really fucking amazing compliment you can give yourself so i i stand with that like be you because there's no one else that can be so fucking be 200, be a bazillion times you and say fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> Actually, be exactly about because, it, but like, yeah, we're uh, rock it. Literally, literally, I just, I literally, and also too, when you're authentic, like the biggest thing is when you're authentic, you will literally attract what you want. That's the coolest thing. Like when you are fully yourself, you're only going to get what you want to give out. So yeah. I think being authentic and going to bazillion percent yourself is also going to get that circle of people that you fuck with and get that energy that you fully want. So it's like, it's a win-win, baby. Like you are yeah. literally getting everything that you want while being yourself. And yes. like, I just really don't think that I would have been even talking to you. Like I right. wouldn't have gotten that energy if I did not put that energy out there. Same. So it is a true example of just like fuck with yourself and like fuck with your energy and know that like your energy is so fucking cool and undeniable. And people are blessed and grateful to be in your presence. And yes. your energy is affecting so many other people in positive ways. And when you have that mindset, you live happily, you live confidently. You know that like 
oh yeah well no one can touch what i'm doing no yes. one can touch what i'm saying no one can touch my message and just you're the one you are the motherfucking one no one can do what you're doing and that's a cool thing it's fucking brilliant and i i love that we got to share this message today and I just thank you for for taking the time to chill with me and you know put this out there into the world and make some people think about a lot of different things and and we talked about a lot of stuff. So many things. We just kind of like hopped around to like so many cool things. So I I know people are definitely going to be sitting and pondering with this podcast. Fuck yes, and that's that's the brilliance of it. I just want people to think, just think more in life and and yeah, be your motherfucking self. <laughs> I think lots, that's of, a... lots, of, lots of thoughts in this podcast, which <laughs> I love. I'm a Jersey boy. I'm Italian, yeah. so I I love it. Also, nice. you know, there's a study that if you curse more, you're you can believe someone if they're cursing more because they're actually being more authentic. I don't know how valid that is, but maybe I'm gonna run with that because <laughs> I love it. I'm running with that too because I love it. <laughs> All right, Austin, thank you so much again for for hanging out. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Thank you for having me. It was of such course. a privilege and such an honor. And I cannot wait to see you again. Let's get dinner soon. And yes. let's do this again. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Beautifully Human podcast. To hear more beautiful stories from beautiful humans, follow us on Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Beautifully Human Podcast. Peace signs up.